You are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM radio, and it is time for the nerdy news. And in studio today, we have Kathy and Tony, Jody and Dave and Brennan and Craig and Hank, and we got a good mix of stuff. We're going to talk about some toys. We're going to talk about some comics. We're going to talk about the new Justice League trailer that is uh, that just came out. So uh, we'll start things off with uh, Tony and the 1984 Power of the Force line. Do tell. Okay. Back in 1984, I was six. So six years old, going to the toy stores, 1984, and uh, there was no toys on the shelves. Uh, no Star Wars toys in the shelves. It was all filled with G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man. It was really hard to find Star Wars because Star Wars was kind of like, you know, after uh, Return of the Jedi, people just weren't really into the Star Wars toys. The kids were kind of moving on to the other toys. So Hasbro decides, sorry, Kenner decides we're going to push Star Wars. We're going to give it a push. We're going to put some toys out there. are going to bring the kids back to Star Wars. So they came out with The Last 17. The Last 17 are are huge in the collector world because they're really hard to get. They produce very few of them. And because of that, a lot of them became more and more pricey uh, to buy in the secondary market. Now, some of them uh, are so expensive that they're just not obtainable. Uh, there was a few that were released uh, in only in Europe and Canada, so they never even hit the States. So I wanna tell you about the last 17. I wanna warn everybody right now that there's a lot of Ewok talk. I know that Ewoks wrecked the trilogy, or the, <laughs> the, the, the first trilogy, Ewoks wrecked it, so I'm sorry I have to bring up the Ewoks. So bear with me when I talk about Ewoks, just like, just try to remember they were part of the movies, all right? <laughs> Also, why in the last 17, Lucas, uh, I'm sorry, Canada came out with four Ewoks. They must have felt like the Ewoks were going to be like a big thing with the kids. The kids are going to be running to the toy stores. Ooh, I need some Ewoks. They came out with this whole, like four Ewoks. It makes no sense to me why Ewoks were, were that you know, prominent in the toy line when they're trying to get kids back into it. But it gets worse. Okay, so number one, EV9D9. Now, this was the droid that was brown and he had a flappy mouth when he talked the, the mouth flapped on the bottom. It was ugly. It was a flappy mouth. It was not an attractive droid by any means. And he was a torture droid. She? He. Was it a she? Oh, it was a she droid. I think it was an Evie. Right. It was a she. Sheevy was she. Evie was, was a she. she. Floppy, floppy mouth torture droid. And you know what's kind protocol of... Protocol torture. Protocol torture droid, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for that. Okay, are you in on this? You gonna, like... Okay, so the other one, the other one was ED. Sorry, eight D eight was the other one. Now they're both torture droids. Now this kind of confuses me. So remember when Art when C three PO gets his arm cut off and then he also has his body ripped apart. Like, was he in pain? Because if there's droids torturing other droids, that would mean that whole time when C three PO's arm got ripped off, like he was like in agony. But I don't think yeah. so. So why so. then are these two droids doing this thing where they're actually torturing people, torturing other droids? Makes no know. sense. I don't know. Anyway, number two, R2-D2 with pop-up lifesaver. Now, the R2-D2 was like the best droid ever. He kept coming back and back little changes, but this one came with a pop-up lightsaber. You twist his head, and of course, the lightsaber does not pop out. It just kind of raises up, and you can pull it out. That was pretty cool. Uh, Han Solo and Carbonite. This is the one where the actual Han Solo fits inside the little carbonate, carbonate block. So mm. it's a hand solo, you pull him out and he's carbonated or he's not carbonated. There's a real big problem with this figure. 
What's the problem with He has no neck. He has no neck. Why do they do that? I know we're on, I don't know. I know we're on radio. I hope everyone's like on the, on the, uh, the internet right now, punching this thing in. <laughs> I want to see this no neck thing going on here. So I hope that people are like looking this up, but hand solo carbonate, he has no neck and no gun. Yeah. Oh. That's another thing with this line. There's no like real big things they come with, no guns and stuff. Well, if they're, if they're trying to get kids back into it, that kind of makes sense. Although torture droids does not make sense, but when you walk as a kid though, wouldn't kids want draw like guns and stuff like that? Yeah. So the first one, yeah. the EV9 guy, lady, droid, he, yeah, yeah. she had no accessory. R2-D2 comes with a lightsaber, which is part of his like gimmick. So of course it'd come out. The Hansel Carbonite comes out with this like plastic thing that sits over top of him. And no gun. Mm. So the next one, I'll go to the next one. Four, War, uh, Warwick. He was the uh, the first stupid Ewok in the in the in the last 17 he came with a bow just a bow so he just he walks around with this bow he can't shoot anybody or do anything he's like has a bow no arrows a bow rocks yeah he came with rocks <laughs> throw some rocks at the stormtroopers they'll go down uh number five imperial dignitary because uh, who doesn't want the imperial <laughs> dignitary? Exactly. So every kid wants one. I actually don't have one. I wish I had one now. Now, yeah. But okay. So if you don't know, this, he's an old guy in a purple bathrobe, <laughs> and he has some kind of like purple towel on his head. So imagine. So you're you're at the car, you're at the toy store, and your mom's like, "Hey, what's going on?" You're like, "Hey, just you know, mom, I really want a toy." So for Christmas, you get the imperial dignitary because <laughs> that's how my life would be. Number six. Uh, Ramba was another stupid Ewok came with a stick. Uh, number seven. Well, this is an interesting one. Barada. Barada was one of those skiff guards that was uh, on the skiff that was the Boba Fett one that Boba Fett uh, was on. He cut, gets his arm, whatever things happen on the skiff. <laughs> on the, yeah, Java. I think Barada was the one who falls off and goes into the starlight pit, if I'm not mistaken. So probably highly sought after for yes. the, the, the skiff. Exactly. Number eight, General Lando. General Lando is pretty awesome. He comes with a cape. Guess what color that cape is, Kath? Pink. He comes with a pink cape. Pretty awesome. And he uh, comes with a gun. Uh, Number nine, a Anakin Skywalker. Now, Anakin Skywalker was the old man. Guess what it says on the back of his card? It says, I used to be the most deadly man in the Star Wars universe. Now I'm an old Jedi. Play feature. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's his that's play feature. feature. Yes, Old man. Yes. Uh, Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker, again, awesome figure. He has no freaking neck. Why would they not have necks? Uh, level 11, <laughs> Imperial Gunner. Number 12, running out of time. Luke Skywalker with the battle poncho. Awesome figure, except the battle poncho. He has a helmet that he can't take off. He always looks like he's wearing a helmet. Uh, A-wing pilot, Pablo, another stupid walk, Pablo. And number 15, a man, a man, because everyone needs a man, a man. A man, a man. A man, a man. A man, a man. And number 16 was a Lumot. He's another stupid walk. And number 17, which is the best one ever, Yakis. He was only released in Canada and Europe. He's loose, $800. If you want that guy, $800 eBay. I've got five of them. Yes. No, I don't. I wish. Wow. Uh, yes, you are out of time. You got through that list pretty darn quick at the end there. So, okay, thank you for that little uh, expose on the 1984 Power of the Force line. Okay, I want to quickly talk about some comics. So, uh, in the last month, a few different things have come out. Deep Beyond by Mirka Andolfo just came out. She's done Mercy on Sacred. I can't say I'm a really big fan, and this one kind of left me like, meh. There's some anomaly in the ocean, and these guys are checking it out with a, like, submarine, and then they lose communication, but then nobody seems to care, except, like, her family, so they want, like, the government to do something, and, like, blah, blah, blah. 
anyways, I think you can skip that one. It had a bit of speculator heat on it because uh, there wasn't a lot of copies. Likewise, Radiant Black. This one had a lot of buzz. This is uh, Kyle Higgins and Marcello Costa. And it's about this guy. He's a writer. He's been trying to make it and can't. And he basically comes home with his tail between his legs to live with his mom and dad because he's super broke and he's got a whole bunch of debt. And he goes out for beers with an old friend and sees this like floating little weird black hole thing and he touches it and it becomes a suit that like encompasses him and then suddenly he has powers and uh, then we'll see where it goes. It's actually better than it sounds. I wasn't super impressed with it, but I'll give number two a chance and see where what, what comes of it. Matt Kint has a bunch of new stuff. This guy is, again, super prolific. He's got this new book called Crimson Flower, and this is made with Matt Lesniewski, is doing the artwork on this one. And it's about this gal who works like as a pharmaceutical agent, because she's secretly just trying to track down this guy who like messed with her dad back in the day, and she's trying to get like, revenge so she tracks him down and then tries to find out the other people that are on the list the government who like made him do those things the art is like i don't know i didn't like it i like the story i i think it's interesting she's kind of like schizophrenic and so she's on drugs too it's cool but i don't know the the art is off but the other Matt Kent book that's out that's awesome is Fear Case. So this is him partnering up with uh, Tyler and Hillary Jenkins again. They did uh, Black Badge together and Tyler did uh, Grass Kings with Matt as well a couple of years ago, both great books. This one is cool. It's about, there's like, you know, CIA-ish group and they are all investigating these crimes and stuff. And there's a rookie and they're like, okay, rookie. So there's this case that no one has ever solved since the beginning of our thing. And every new guy gets one year to try to solve it. And then if you fail, then like the new rookie that's coming up gets to try. But guys get obsessed with it. And it's been going on for centuries and nobody can solve it. And it's like maybe this thing that cults and stuff have been built around and it makes people violent and weird. And it's really cool. The artwork is good. The story is compelling. I can't wait for more of this to come out. I'm super excited. And that's like the, one of the best comics that I've read in a really, really long time. Fear Case by Matt Kent and Tyler and Hillary Jenkins. Awesome, you definitely wanna put that on your list of must reads. Yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah, they were both here at the expo like a couple of years ago and very nice people as well. So that's always good when some of your favorite creators turn out to be great people as well as very talented creators. So go and pick up Fear Case. And you could pick up Crimson Flower. Radiant Black and Deep Cover, I would give maybe a hard pass to. We'll throw things over to Hank and Craig, and then Brennan is going to bring us up to speed on the new Justice League trailer, the Zack Snyder extravaganza. All right, fellas, take it away. Hey, everybody, Craig Silifant here and my buddy Hank Cruz on CFCR 90.5 FM for Punch radio and we are going to just talk about as we always do some things that we're uh, watching this week and uh, things we're doing and picnics we're having and 
books we're reading. We're not having any picnics. I don't know. Uh, so I will jump in first uh, this week. Uh, I watched Crime Scene, or at least I actually I should say I haven't finished the first episode or the final episode yet, but I'm watching Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Now, Hank, do you remember the the death of Elisa Lamb at the Cecil Hotel? Does this ring a bell for you? It does ring a bell for me. So it was that viral video from a couple of years ago. Yes, it would have been like uh, 2013, where like it was a woman in an elevator in a hotel and she looked like somebody was maybe chasing her or she was having a mental breakdown or like something weird was going on. And she kept like the, looking out the, the elevator door and everything like that. And so it was like, a, it just was a genuinely creepy video. Uh, and then even creepier when you found out that it was, it was real. And the, the woman who was a uh, tourist in LA from Canada named Alyssa Lamb was like vanished she went missing they couldn't find her they searched the hotel couldn't find her she didn't show up anywhere so that was like super creepy and that's what this documentary is about now so you know it's a it's a really good story and some parts of how it's told are interesting but i have to say without giving too much away they do end up explaining a lot of what happened in the show like the hotel like things i didn't know when i watched the video online years ago the hotel is on skid row so like uh, she also had like some, uh, a Tumblr blog and, and clear like mental health issues, all stuff that was not really presented originally when this video came out, but the documentary seems to want us to think like, it's probably a ghost or something like it's probably ghosts. Like there's something supernatural going here because there's a whole community of web sleuths that, it, that the documentary also looks at, which is interesting, but we've also seen it done better before uh, in other like true crime documentaries, like the one from Michelle uh, McNamara and Pat Oswald there on HBO. But so the, uh, the documentary itself gets kind of silly because you're like, okay, I don't know exactly what happened, but it's obviously it had something to do with like, uh, you know, skid row violence or, you know, mental health issues or something like that. And, and there's still like even three episodes in where I am trying to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's a ghost. I'm like, maybe it's not a ghost because there's not really a such thing as ghosts as far as, <gasps> as, far as you we know. watch your mouth. There's ghosts <laughs> around us everywhere. Well, hey, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But like, you know, it's not like there's a lot of crazy physical evidence. And, and just to me, it's like Occam's razor, which means the simplest answer is usually the correct answer, dictates that like that it's it's something as simple as she was murdered by somebody on skid row or she had a mental health issue and and disappeared or committed suicide or something right like it's it's very straightforward uh as opposed to jumping straight to like it's probably a ghost um so anyway it's it's kind of an interesting documentary in that way but it's also feels stretched out over too many episodes uh but it's it's probably like worth watching if you're a true crime uh fan which i i you know i do like watching a lot of true crime stuff so it's called crime so scene did did they come at it uh from a serious standpoint because i remember when the video was released um and everybody freaked out because it was a canadian you're right oh and that's why it hit the news here i think and it's like oh well this canadian goes down there but then everybody was treating it more like it was funny and it's like oh this is so cool you should watch this and do all this stuff i'm like well if it is somebody with mental health issues that now has gone missing, it's kind of a serious 
thing yeah. that everybody's making fun of now so no it's it's pretty serious like uh i mean it's, it might be unintentionally funny sometimes especially when they get the like a hotel manager there and of course web sleuths and stuff are like well there's some kind of cover up at the hotel and blah blah blah. and it's just this poor woman who's the manager of this hotel she seems like uh a character out of the, the movie fargo or something she's just like i don't know hey eh? like this hotel <laughs> yeah there's all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff going on here uh, there's no cover up i don't know uh anyway uh, it's called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, and it's on Netflix. Uh, what do you got? Well, I uh, started watching the uh, Woody Allen documentary on HBO, and uh, yeah, that's creepy. That's uh, yeah, a little much because they're interviewing uh, like everybody that's involved in some of the uh, accusations that were made about our good friend Woody Allen. So uh, that's ca- kind of creepy. Then I watched the first two episodes of this Showtime documentary called Super Villain the making of Takashi 69 until i just mentioned this have you ever heard of somebody called Takashi 69 i have only because i listened to a podcast called disgraceland where it deals with like sort of true crime in famous like musical circles basically and i think he was an episode of that show so uh there's two episodes out now i think it's like a four or six part uh, documentary but I, I after watching the first episode i'm still very confused like i i don't know what i watched but apparently uh this uh dude um at some point uh, in his uh, teenage years decided he was going to create this alter ego uh, takashi 69 and he started with these very offensive uh uh, clothing items that he was creating and trying to create this clothing line that was very shocking and it was offensive to some people and then it got into where he uh, wanted to become more of a punk rocker but that didn't work so then he became a hip-hop artist or a rapper with now he's got like rainbow colored hair and all his videos feature like guns and he started hanging out with all these guys in a gang and I guess at some point he goes to prison because they talk in the first episode how he just got out of prison so I'm guessing that's something to do with uh um, they mentioned that somebody got shot or something, but it is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. He goes and he, he tattooed the number 69 on himself like 69 times. Plus, he's got this huge face tattoo with 69. And it's like, what, what, what am I watching? It sounds like a rainbow colored hair. And it's like, I, I honestly don't know what is happening in the show, but I have to watch to the end now because I'm like, what? I don't understand. But the point I guess they're trying to make is how he manipulated social media to create this alter ego of himself, to rise up, to be like how, uh, I guess, infamous he became. Um, again, first time I'd heard of him, but I, I just clicked on it because I'm like, oh, uh, super villain. Okay, what's that? I'm like, you know, it is so weird. It is so weird. I was gonna say he and sounds I know like a, he sounds like a Batman villain or something with all those like Victor Zaz with the check marks on his body or uh, doesn't Calendar Man have like numbers all over him or something? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, the the way he looks and with the the uh, the like his uh, the clothing and the hair and everything, he could be a Batman supervillain. So maybe that's what he's gunning for now. I don't know, but holy cow! Next week, um, I watched a Raising Dion. So I think we're running out of time here. So I'll talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, these documentaries, I'm uh, I'm, I'm cooling in there. I well, here, let me ask you a quick question here. I'm going to skip the one I was going to cover too. Uh, I'm really interested in that Woody Allen one. But I also I know a lot about the background of that story. And like my feeling, without having watched any of this, is that it's like kind of a hatchet job in the, uh, which is weird for HBO even. But like in the sense that like it, like it's not as clear cut this whole cases a lot of people assume it is they just kind of assume he's a weird pervert and married his daughter and all this stuff and mm-hmm. there's a lot of untruths around a lot of that and of course a lot of stuff we don't know uh and that like 
you know, even the idea that Mia Farrow brainwashed uh, her daughter and all this stuff because she was vindictive and mad and she'd had kind of a history of doing stuff like this before. Now, of course, oh, yeah. you don't want to, like, I don't know how much I really want to wander into the politics of that, but what, what was your impression, like, of what so you saw? After, after the first episode, um, the, I guess the tone of it and the direction they're going is that uh, he is a filthy pervert. And they're going to prove it. So uh, Dylan's on there talking about uh, how everything happened. Mia's on there talking about how everything happened. But before this even came out, uh, Woody came out to say, listen, like the police already investigated. We already did all this. It's like nothing's been proven. And now just what you said is a hatchet job that they're going through. But there's a few creepy things in there that, you know, are true. And then some things that nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever know. But it's uh, the direction they're going is they're trying to take Woody down now. It's like, well, it's been tried before. And so I I don't quite know know until the whole thing's done what i'm going to think about it but the direction they are going is they are trying to take them down there yeah. so it'll be interesting to see I'll, I'll check that one out so i think that's all you and i have for today so we got to throw back to jody here but uh we'll uh, talk again next week brennan go ahead what's what's the scoop on hollywood's next big dc blockbuster all right so we have uh the zach slater justice league cuts that is set for release coming here on hbo max which means we can't see it in Canada, but it will be on Crave apparently, and later later on on Blu-ray, so I can watch it, which is good. So just uh, yesterday, from what I understand, this is the first official trailer. Now, if you go to YouTube, it might say official trailer number two, some say number one. Before, there were a lot of teaser trailers that have a lot of the same footage in them, but from what I understand, the one that just came out is the newest one, and I think it's the first actual official one. So if you don't know the full story, Zack Snyder did Batman v Superman and then did Justice League. A lot of people were not happy with Batman versus Superman, even though he was trying to do his version of the Dark Knight Returns and they wouldn't let him, but he tried to do his best. Didn't do so well in the box office. So he's doing Justice League and the higher up executives in Warner Brothers were kind of butting heads with him as far as the direction he was taking and was it going to be too dark? He had this idea to do a five part movie series That was kind of his way of building up this whole Justice League DC universe. And it kind of seemed like DC said, well, here, let's do it in one movie. Marvel took 20 years and 10, 12 movies. You get two, right? So there's a lot of pressure. Deadpool had just come out and it was a bit more funny. So they're like, maybe we can make it more lighthearted. Things weren't going well. uh, And then Zack Schneider had uh, a personal tragedy in his family, which is part of the reason he left the project. So they brought Josh Whedon to come in. And he Whedonized it, put some humor in it, tried to make it more, not quite so dark. And so then Justice League became this movie that has two very separate tones to it. It's a little messy. Um, Superman, the actor, had to have his mustache digitally taken out because he had it on for Mission Impossible or something, I think it was. And they wouldn't let him shave it. Anyway, so it came out. A lot of people were not happy, but... Zack Snyder mentioned that I have this cut I like to do. Fans went nuts for it. Uh, hashtag release the Snyder cut was a thing. They did uh, uh, fundraising for it. Uh, in, before the New York Comic Con, they had two great big billboards saying release the Snyder cut. A plane flew over Warner Brothers with a big banner that said release the Snyder cut. And now it's finally coming out on HBO Max. We're not sure if it'll be one big long movie or uh, episodic. We're not quite sure yet. Uh, the trailer is much darker than the original Justice League. Uh, tonally, it looks much more the same, as, as more like a Zack Snyder kind of look. A lot of slow motion action and things happening. We get a better look 
Uh, uh, Darkseid is going to be in this one. He was supposed to be in the first one, but got cut out because of time. Uh, Steppenwolf, they've revamped. He actually looks really tough now in this new version. We are going to see more of the future visions and future dreams that Batman had. If you don't know sort of the idea of the Injustice game, um, or that series where Superman gets angry and kind of takes over the world and becomes a, like a dictator of the world. These are the visions that Batman seems to be having. In the first Justice League, they just kind of threw it in there without a lot of context. So if you didn't know that story, you wouldn't really know why he was having these. So there's more of that um, happening in it. The, big, the two big things that you see in the trailer that, that are new, Superman in his black outfit, and he looks mad, and he's zapping people angrily with his heat vision, so whether that's him turning evil or whether he's fighting Darkseid, but he actually kind of looks like Darkseid in one shot, the way his, fame, his, his face is framed. So we think the Justice League is going to have to go over Superman because he's trying to take over the world. And then at the very end, they show, spoiler if you didn't watch the two-minute trailer, they have the Zack Snyder Justice League, and then it shows Batman in the future and Cyborg's in the background, and someone's talking to Batman, and he walks up to this person on a car, and the person turns around, and it's Jared Leto's Joker. So they re they reshot new footage with the Joker that nobody liked, because the, the, this Batman and this Joker have been in the same universe and the same stories, but they've never actually appeared. So one was in Suicide Squad, and I guess Justice League, technically. So this one, they're actually putting them together, and they filmed new footage just to have the scene happen. They're saying it could be referencing Scott Snyder's story the last night on earth is that the one where batman's walking around and he has the joker's head and like a lantern it just came out recently is that what it's called fact check me on it because the idea of the story is that sorry is that gotham by gaslight i don't know the book but no no it's a newer one it's like a post-apocalyptic type thing uh the cover has batman carrying the Joker's head and it looks like a Green Lantern lantern or something. Where apparently the Joker is like, I'm trying to be your friend. Like I'm trying to, if it wasn't for me, you would be no one kind of thing. And so they think they're kind of basing this scene on that book. Uh, it's fairly recent from what I understand. Fact check me. Anyway, um, it looks like, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. Uh, Justice League, the original one, wasn't all that great. I didn't mind it, but I haven't watched it since the first one, to be honest. So I own it, but never watched it again but I think this will be cool. So the fans have been calling for it. It's finally coming out. If you don't like it, don't complain fans because you asked for it. So you better be happy with what you get. Well, and it is all we're getting. Like there really isn't a lot on the horizon for DC for live action, but like I've been saying forever, they should just film what they do in the animated because the animated ones are awesome. So just like use that as a storyboard and just get real people to do it. And I did buy the Batman Kung Fu movie on your suggestions, so and I enjoyed it, so thank you. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, well that wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. Thank you for tuning in. You know where to find us here on CFCR every Friday at six. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up.